good afternoon, happy spring, happy 2022. I know I have been gone for a while, but here we are, season two, can you believe it, of the Rhythm Notes of Health podcast. Um, And we are starting this year off with doing some exciting things. We're talking, we've been talking about screenings, even though I haven't been doing a podcast. I've been on a lot of radio shows, doing a lot of in-person events, which I'm excited about. And we have been talking about screenings. And today we're going to bring on um, Dr. Luther Burtz. Um, and he's going to be talking to you about acid reflux, in which why my voice may be sounding like it sounded. Um, it could be, we're talking about um Acid reflux, it could be my what's going on with my voice. We're going to find out today. We're going to bring in Dr. Burst and we're going to get started on acid reflux, the plain truth. Let's bring in Dr. Burst. Dr. Burst. Hi, Dr. Burst. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm well. Welcome to the Rhythm Notes of Health podcast. I was just telling everyone I'm so excited, um, season two, and we're talking about things that go on in the gut, right? What we all need to talk about. So today we're talking about acid reflux and the plain truth with Dr. Burtz. And I want to tell you that um, Dr. Burtz is actually the husband of one of our Blackpink advisory team, um, Dr. Janella Burtz who is, um, you're very familiar with, she's been on here several times. And so I called her and say, hey, I woke up one morning and I say, you know what? I need to do a podcast with your husband. Oh. I, I woke up and, and it just literally, this is, this is the podcast that I need to do. So I'm so excited to have you here with us today. Uh, he's a Morehouse man. You know, I'm always having these Tuskegee people on here. But today we're still in the HBCU um, spirit and we have uh, Dr. Burris who went to Morehouse. You know, Dr. Burris, I often say things of that nature because people, you know, they don't give us, give our HBCUs the credit that we should have. And they're not clear that we produce um, smart people, right? And highly at their at the height of their game, people in which uh, you are in in, in the all uh, the doctors that that are on the a part of the panel. I think I only have one doctor that didn't go to HBC, and she's probably mad that she did because I go on about it so much, right? Okay. So, <laughs> welcome to our uh, the rhythm notes of health. And um, Dr. Burst, the first thing I want to do, Dr. Burst, before you, we go any further, is I want you to tell everyone. Now I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask you again in the end to tell everybody who you are, what you do, and, and then we're going to talk about what is a gastroenterologist. But first, tell everybody who you are, how they can reach you, if they can reach you, where they can make an appointment, because when, when we're finished with the show, they're going to want to make an appointment. So let them know how they're able to do these things. So exactly who is Dr. Luther first? Oh, thank you. Um... Basically, uh, my I work with uh, it's called Medicura uh, Constipated Gastroenterology. I'm originally from uh, the Philadelphia area. I grew up right outside of Philadelphia. I went to Morehouse, as you said, and um, I trained at uh, Wayne State, what Morehouse School of Medicine, mm-hmm. and then uh, Wayne State University in Detroit. And then I went back home to Philadelphia to do my 
uh, GI fellowship at Temple University. Okay. I'm a specialist in gastroenterology, which is uh, basically ulcers, intestinal disorders, and uh, diseases involving the liver. Um, my office number is 404-881-8800. And, um, you know, we're still, we take always taking new patients. So we mm -hmm. love to have people come. But, you know, you mentioned earlier about HBCUs. You know, actually studies show that the vast, the, there's a greater majority of uh, uh, minority physicians actually come from HBCUs. Ah. The uh, majority institutions. Ah. Okay, so, Dr. Burst, I like that. See, yeah. see, this is how you know you have a smart doctor on. He come, in, come on with giving stacks. Like, let me just tell you who we really are. I like that because I often say that the rhythm notes of health was birthed out of the need of Afro-descendants uh, of black people to understand more about their health so they can partner with the doctor and empower themselves and they're able to ask questions because we spend more time with ourselves than we than the doctors do, right? And so that we can have a good partnership. And the only way that that can happen is for us to be able to understand and know what questions to ask. So I like that you start the show off what coming educating us. Like, let me just give you this fun yeah. fact for mm -hmm. all of you who do know. Y'all take that to the bank and roll it and let, let me let me let me let me know where the, where the dice land at with okay. that one right there about the HBCU. I, I am totally with you because I have a lot of smart friends, right? Mm -hmm. And they all went to HBCU. So that's gonna be that. So welcome Morehouse Man. It's I think you're my very first Morehouse man. Yep. Well, you definitely should be the Exactly, exactly. Because listen, because when I was when I was down doing the Tuskegee run, I would have like three doctors back to back, and I was like, oh. And we went to school together, right? So it is just like wonderful to, you know, you you're in college with 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 these group of people, and you know, you all have your major and what you're gonna do, but to actually see the other side, where you persevere through and you get to the other side, it's really good to see everyone doing well in their field that they wanted to, of course, go uh, into. So acid, no, no, no. Before we get into acid reflux, the plain truth. Could you tell us what is a gastroenterologist? And I and you pronounced it differently. I heard that. I heard that. So I'm really big on enunciation of things. So you uh, pronounced it differently. You're right. You're right. I said gastroenterology. Gastroenterology. Okay. Gastrointestinal disorders. Uh huh. We specialize basically in the in the bowels, mm -hmm. from the mouth to the rectum, and so. Um, what we do, uh, most people know us mostly for colon cancer screening and colonoscopies. We also deal with liver disorders, the gallbladder. Um, we also deal with problems with swallowing. And as we're talking about today, acid reflux and, um, you know, anything from the Rudy to the Tubi, as we always say. Okay. And so most people in order to get to the gastroenterologist, they have to um, get a referral, correct? Most people hey, can't. To... Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. You have to check with your insurance. Quite a few of them require referral, but some don't. Some, some... Mine's don't, mine's don't. Mm -hmm. I try to educate the people to say, hey, get an insurance where you don't have to get permission to go 
see a doctor of a special yeah. specialty that you feel like you may need, right? Because then your internist is kind of controlling that and it's like, well, you don't may not need this. You know what I mean? So I like having the power of my health for me. So that means that I probably would have to pay more for my insurance, right? But that's just the plans that I choose to have that I like to be able to select who, right. who I go to, right? So I chose acid reflux because in the last month or so, I have spoken to about three or four friends and they are talking about their acid reflux. Like they'll say, I have acid reflux, I, I'm managing it now. Or some are just saying, my acid reflux is messing up. And it's become such a common conversation amongst most of us, right? Acid reflux, we hear people burp. I say, I say, I told my friend I was gonna talk about her. She, 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 we can be in a conversation and she'll have this loud burp. And she had like, it's not even rude to do it. And I'm like, you clear, that's just rude. Like, right, burp, right? And so I told her that I said, I'm gonna, talk, I'm gonna talk about you. I'm not gonna mention your name, but I'm gonna talk about you on the podcast because she does this, it's so common. And she'll say, well, my acid reflux is messing up like as if, you know, I told you I'm from Mississippi. And so, you know, in Mississippi, they always talk about things and this happens. And if you do this, right, she's she's from California, but she sounds like she's from Mississippi because she'll say, well, my acid reflux is just acting up, right? And, and she talks about it as if it's just the thing for it to happen. My acid reflux is, is messing up. And so I tell you that for the most part, I had acid reflux really, really bad, right? And for me, I, I manage it by taking probiotics and by knowing you know, don't eat this food around this time. Don't do this. Don't do that. So I manage it through my eating. Right. But like now, because the one thing that we forget about and we're going to talk about is that stress is one of a big cause of acid reflux. Right. So we talked about it before the show started that I got a lot of stressors going on right now. Right. So I think that my voice right now and I'll get in trouble with the vocal doctor and the vocal therapist because it sounds horrible to me because I'm hypersensitive at the sound that is probably the acid reflux. And today I'm going to learn how I'm, I'm, I'm going to learn why and how that is from you. So uh, Dr. Burst, let's just get in. And y'all know whenever I'm on here with the doctors, I'm always really conscious of, uh, of time uh, with them, although they they get on, they tend to have fun, and then the time kind of slips slips by them. But so let's just get into GERD, right? Mm -hmm. GERD, gastroesophageal reflex disease. Right. Is that what acid reflux is? Yes. Now, um, that acid reflux is probably one of the most common GI illnesses. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, now. GERD or gastroesophageal reflux disease, mm -hmm. everybody has episodes of reflux. Mm -hmm. So it's not uncommon to have reflux. I mean, if you Taco Tuesday and mm -hmm. people margaritas, they may mm -hmm. wake up Wednesday and have had bad heartburn. So it, uh, patients who have persistent symptoms, mm -hmm. typically more than three episodes in a week, those are people that you think more typically about GERD. Mm -hmm. and uh, basically what it is, is it's just reflux of the gastric uh, juices from the stomach into the esophagus. Mm -hmm. There's um, what's called the lower esophageal sphincter, which is kind of like a door between the stomach and the uh, esophagus. Mm -hmm. And that door, when you eat, it should be closed so that the, uh, so as your stomach is digesting the food, Mm -hmm. you, don't get, you don't get any backflow of the acid. Mm -hmm. Well, um, certain uh, things like 
uh, coffee, things with caffeine in them, tomato-based products, uh, sodas uh, with caffeine, all those things can kind of loosen that door and cause reflux. Okay. So you said that the, you, you, you're referring to the sphincter as the door, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So right. the sphincter is a muscle, right? Right. Right. So the sphincter muscle is at the bottom of your esophagus. Right. Mm -hmm. And so your esophagus runs from your throat right down through your chest. Right. This is why somebody like, oh, I got they may like touch the top of the center of their chest because I got acid reflux because right in that area um, of, I guess, the bottom at the top of your breastbone, I guess, would be. Huh? Right. right. That would be the bottom of the esophagus. And you okay. actually have two doors. There's a lower and an upper Okay, so so you just talked about the lower. Okay, right. so, so okay, so I just make sure everybody's clear on the lower. Right. So that's typically where people talk about having heartburn symptoms. The harbor. Okay, heartburn. so the lower. So so you you're 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 speaking of the door, is the sphincter that, uh, mm -hmm. the medical term, right? Which would, and and I, and I and I and I like that you clear on how we do on here. The room knows we don't break things down, so you can't leave and break things down. I like this. <laughs> so so. So, so the sphincter will be the door, right? You're, you're using the sphincter as a door. And so the sphincter is a muscle at the bottom of the esophagus, right? And so that door or that sphincter is supposed to be closed, right? As you're eating. Right, right. And as juices or, because you need the juices for the digestion in your, in your right. stomach. So as these juices and digestion are going on, that door or that sphincter, it's supposed to be closed, right? Right. But long term of doing things that you're not supposed to do, coffee. Oh, that's me. I'm raising my hand. I'm going to throw my whoop in there. Okay. Coffee, caffeine, as you said, a sodas, food, alcohol, smoking. Al oh, alcohol, smoking. Ooh, those things weaken, weaken that muscle. Correct. Right. Well, it basically, not necessarily weaken it, but like loosen it so that it doesn't, you know, during that particular time. Is not closes tight, so you it's not closing tight. Okay, okay. Out. So, so that's the lower door. You mm -hmm. said there are two doors. Right now, where's the second door? The upper one is basically near the top, like when you swallow your food from your transferring from your mouth to to your esophagus or your food pipe. So that's where people who have problems with like chronic cough or sore throat or hoarseness that acid can, can reflux all the way up to the top and, and irritate you. Okay, 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 okay. So, so in essence, it's two doors, right? Mm -hmm. And if the first door don't remain closed, if it opens up, right, there's another door up there, right? right? There's like, okay, that door opened, that first door opened, but I'm, I suppose it remained closed, right? But over long term, then that door now opens, right? Right. Where the and right, and you can have problems with the uh, with asthma. Mm -hmm. like I said chronic cough. Mm -hmm. um, you know, hoarseness is mm -hmm. a big one. Um, and you know, reflux can also present with uh, chest atypical chest pain. Mm -hmm. So it can present with a myriad of different symptoms. Mm -hmm. that aren't necessarily, you know, what we consider classic um, heartburn. You know, mm -hmm. somebody can have a problem with chronic cough and not figure it out, and it turns out that it's acid reflux. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so, so just to be clear, 
your esophagus, right? And I feel like I need to go. See, if I, I, I always say this on, on these shows, but if if, the, if if your teachers, instructors were just little, broke things down in this way and use it in everyday life, then everybody would probably have an A in biology and chemistry and those things, right? So, so your esophagus, right? Because mm-hmm. I can see the esophagus, but I'm trying to vision um, the, these doors or these muscles, right? So mm-hmm. at the bottom of the esophagus, right, that extends down into your chest. So that door, that sphincter muscle covers the bottom because the esophagus is like a tunnel, right? Where the food right. and beverage and things travel, right? So mm-hmm. I would say at the bottom of that tun- tunnel, the bottom of the esophagus is that first door that kind of extends down into your, could go down to your stomach, right? Or to your chest, your stomach, right? And, and so that sphincter or that door, and when it doesn't close or, or allows this acid to come up, it then mm-hmm. goes to the second door. And then when it doesn't, is not working or functioning, right? Then now you have the laryngitis and all mm-hmm. these other things that you can have when it, comes, when it comes up in your throat. Matter of fact, that was my first introduction to, I had acid reflux, right? Is that we, we were in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Eating Mexican. And I love Mexican, but I always had margaritas with the Mexican. And mm-hmm. I was in Texas. And the first time I'm, I'm laying down to go to sleep and then it's like, as it comes up and I, and I have to sit up in the bed. And I really didn't know what it was. I'm like, what in the world is this, right? That's now my it. chest starts to burn and all these things. And, you know, over time, they just tell you, to, you know, take these pills, right? But growing up, I remember my father and my mom keeping some Rolaids or Toms with mm-hmm. them at all times. They had acid reflux, <laughs> or it was, or it was acting up. They acid right. reflux, right. or they mm-hmm. reflux, I should say, it's mm-hmm. because it's the reflux is the is the is the ability of the um, juices to come back up, right? When it's supposed mm-hmm. to be going down, so we, right. we it's the reflux because it's coming back up, right? right. Of course, is the acid is what comes back up, right? And that's how sometimes you get that bitter taste in your mouth. Uh huh. That's the acid from your stomach. That's the acid from your stomach. And over time, it can cause erosions, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, no worries. No worries. Yeah. No worries. No worry. So, so I was I was reading that um, it's that only 15% of population have uh, have acid reflux or or GERD, I should say. Now, right. is that true? Because that never seemed real low. Because I, I would see if so I count five people. Actually, 10 to 20, 20, 15 to 20% of people. Yeah. So they're talking about the disease. Okay, understood. Okay. The vast majority of people have, I mean, you know, have reflux. Uh-huh. Some, some episodes of reflux. Uh-huh. Because you will get, there's another thing that um that you can get what they call transient relaxation mm-hmm. of the esophagus, which happens on its own. Mm-hmm. What's uh, what we call it's physiologic. I mean, sometimes you can just the door might open a little bit on its own. Mm-hmm. People will have uh, episodes of acid reflux, mm-hmm. but you know, GERD is someone who consistently has reflux and needs either medicine or some intervention to relieve their symptoms. Okay, so 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 you broke down this whole diaphragm so we can understand what happens when you have this. And so what you just said is most people or everyone has an episode of reflux at some point, right? Where they're eating bad or doing something. It's the continuations. Like how do you how do you conclude that they now have GERD or gastroesophageal uh, reflux disease? How do you conclude that? 
Well, usually if you if you have more than three episodes in a week, mm-hmm. you're consistently reaching for something to relieve your symptoms. That's pretty much classic uh, GERD. GERD. That's classic GERD. But most people yeah. are able to manage it, I guess, like my mom and dad did with the Rolex and the Tones, huh? Well, you know, the truth is, uh, this is America. So, you know, everybody wants to eat what they want to eat. Yeah. Kill at it. Yeah. If most people just change their diet, exercise, and, uh, you know, eat right, they wouldn't even have problems, significant reflux symptoms problems. They, they would be able to manage it. Right. Right. But, so you know, there are some that, it, it, you know, they just have bad reflux. Bad reflux. Okay. And so what are some, which, which, which brings me to um, Dr. Burst, what are some symptoms that people have? Now, I could probably tell you, because I could tell you when my ass reflux is up. Since we got the professional here and this is what you do all the time. We're going to let you tell us, like, what are some symptoms of um, acid reflux? Well, okay, yeah. well, classically, it's the burning, you know, the mm-hmm. chest pain, the discomfort, the burning, um, maybe bitter taste. Um, now, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, you can also can have, um, some people can have um, reflux-induced lung disease, like asthma, mm. a chronic cough, sore throat, hoarse, hoarse voice. All those can be related to acid reflux. Okay, okay, stop. You mm-hmm. said some people can have reflux lung disease? Well, they can get what's called, um, uh, you know, they, they've been treated for asthma, things like mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. it turns out that it, it's all been induced. They have uh, hyperactive airway uh, disease related to constant reflux where they're actually, uh, you know, they're, aspirating some of that um acid acid and it's causing irritation to the lungs so they can have problems with lung disease and crop and uh chronic cough hmm so hey hey let me tell you something (laughs) you know how the doctors say the doctors are the worst patient right because they know too much right Um, i'm starting to feel like that's public health educator i'm just starting to feel like the more I know, the more I'm like, I'm still diagnosing. Wait a minute. Don't claim it. But typically, that's that's pretty rare, the chronic uh-huh. shortness of breath, those things. Uh-huh. But the, the main ones are is really the heartburn and and you know, sometimes a sore throat. Mm-hmm. Also, you can present with what's called dysphagia. Mm-hmm. You feel like you have trouble swallowing, mm-hmm. or you can have what they call a globus sensation. Where you feel like something is is stuck in your esophagus, get this funny sensation that mm-hmm. something in your esophagus. What did you call that? You called it global. What do you call it? Globus. Globus. Yeah. G L O B I S. I have a, I have one of my doctor friends. I was like, don't ask me how to spell. I don't know how to spell that. That's what I do. I don't spell. <laughs> so when I say it, it's like okay. But the other thing, the the biggest thing you worry about with persistent reflux, like you said earlier, it can cause what's called erosive esophagitis, where mm-hmm. it can cause ulceration to the lining of the esophagus, the chronic acid exposure, and mm-hmm. it can lead to what's called Barrett's esophagus, where, see, the, the esophagus is not used to seeing acid. Mm-hmm. So cells that grow in the esophagus are different from the stomach, 
in this small intestine. Mm -hmm. so the body's way of adjusting is to make their cells more similar to the intestine. And you mm -hmm. can get what's called Barrett's esophagus. Mm -hmm. And Barrett's esophagus is where the, you know, the lining changes to more like small intestine. And that can put you at increased risk of developing adenocarcinoma or cancer of the esophagus. Okay. 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 I'm glad you said that. So what happens is over time, you know, and like you said, extreme cases, then, mm -hmm. um, right. Like, like I, like I tell people, if you don't eat beef and if you don't eat pork, then your body stops producing the enzymes to digest those foods because you no longer need them. Right. And so sometimes when people eat beef or pork who don't eat it, they, instantly get sick because they just, their body's not producing the enzymes anymore, right? So what you said about the esophagus is that over time that it can change change how it looks to adapt to this acid. Like if you're gonna keep having acid coming up, then I gotta adapt to it. I gotta create these cells that now is gonna- Everyone gets that, but it's it can happen. It's, it's it can happen. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Extreme case. So right. then, then it start. Then the then it, then the esophagus of the, that part of the cells starts to harden. So it can now protect you against right. this foreign thing that's that's happened. Right. Because right. everything in your body needs to be where it needs to be, and if we go somewhere else, we got to figure out like how how to how to keep it from going to that other place. Right. That was that was that was very Doctor Burns. That was very good in the explanation of this is what can happen in the changing over time of uh, adaptation, if you will, yeah. what science is like, you know, it's, it's, it's scientists, what we are, you know, we, we all adapt, like we've adapted yeah. <laughs> to the environment or not, right, with the eating or not, because although our parents may have been having, having these Toms or Rolays that they were chewing, they didn't have these it wasn't all of these over-the-counter things that are out now, right? And so they were able to manage it because they ate bad sometimes. Now things are like really worse, right? So which which I don't want to I don't want to jump ahead of myself. I just want to make sure that we're clear at these symptoms that uh, you have. And when should you see the doctor with your with your symptoms? Well, if like I was saying, if you have if you have more than three episodes, mm -hmm. and you, I mean you consistently or having these episodes mm -hmm. over a month span, you should at least go see your primary care physician. Mm -hmm. And they can decide whether, they probably would start you on some medication. Mm -hmm. And if it didn't improve, then refer you to gastroenterologist. Okay, so Nancy, that's, you know what, you know, Dr. Burge, you know what I always say? I always say, I always get doctors on the show that are so comfortable in their skin that you said, hey, go see your primary doctor, right? Like, you don't have to like jump and go see, come see me, right? Go see your primary doctor, right? But if they wanted to just come see you, they can, right? That's fine. Okay, that's fine too. So, mm -hmm. you know, go see your primary doctor and they'll probably try and manage it through their office first. And if they're not able to manage they'll then refer you to you, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So, so, so we talked about the, the, the anatomy or the structure of this esophagus down into your, your, your stomach. So, and, and we talked about the sim symptoms. So when a patient comes into your office, right, how do you um, diagnose them to either have, so, so if there, if it's three or more, then it's probably GERD. Three times a week. You no, know, well, like you know, three episodes in a in a week. 
Mm -hmm. Then it's probably GERD. It's consistent. Consistent. Have a bad week of reflux. It may not be, but if you're oh, okay, like a week over here, a week over there, there's nothing. You just need to settle down. Your food is in, you're drinking it. Consistently every week, or at least a couple weeks out of a month, then that's more consistent with curve. Okay. And changing the behavior uh, affecting your livelihood in a way, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so then, 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 then the person comes into your office, right? How do you then diagnose that? It's 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 at a state of GERD, right? Or mm -hmm. you just have a reflux we need to try and manage. How do you diagnose it? Because um, we know, and we're in, and we're doing a show on colonoscopies. We know that we have the colonoscopy to look at the colon and, and that. So, but how do you look at the the esophagus and that part? What? How do you do that? Let's just start with the first coming into your office. Like, how do you? Typically, just a history and examining, you can tell whether or not somebody has symptoms suggestive of GERD. Mm -hmm. And what we would usually do is start them, start them on an, an acid medicine. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a bunch of different antacid medicines. Mm -hmm. You can actually, there's, there's some over the counter. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the ones that we use the most are what are called proton pump inhibitors. Mm -hmm. Those actually block the acid, the hydrogen pump, which helps to make acid in your stomach. Mm -hmm. uh, those are the ones like you see on the commercials for omeprazole, mm -hmm. Ilosec, OTC. Mm -hmm. those, are, those are the ones that we use. We tend to write a uh, stronger dose than the ones you can buy over the counter. Mm -hmm. But sometimes if you got, you know, a bad couple of days of reflux, you could buy one of those over the counter and try it and see. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you give it a try and it doesn't work, then you need to see your primary care physician, but there are others called H2 blockers, like mm -hmm. Hepcid, and then there's um, ones that actually are what are called cytoprotective. They kind of coat the stomach to help mm -hmm. reduce acid, and one is called Caraphate. But the tip, you know, the Tums, those still work for mm -hmm. mild symptoms, mm -hmm. so, you know, and especially women um, who are postmenopausal, Mm -hmm. have um you know risk of osteoporosis more calcium you know the better so mm -hmm. okay um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to that that, that calcium so you said that the the the, the over-the-counter medications that people get the most is you said it was a proton um a pump inhibitor and you said that because the stomach and and, and what it does is that suppresses the yeah. hydrogen what did you say well, you know, acid is HCl, right? It said again. Acid, acid is made up of hydrogen and chloride. Okay, uh -huh, uh -huh. go ahead. Mm -hmm. so the proton pump inhibitors, they actually block. There's a pump in the cells that add the hydrogen to make the hydrogen chloride to make acid. Mm -hmm. So proton pump inhibitors actually inhibit that pump to some. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously. Not because what causes the pump to be over overactive? It, the foods and those things and right, right, food. stress and all that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, but but listen, I like that you're talking about this uh, hydrogen chloride and stuff because it just took me right back to science class and they just should have made it easier. I swear, I swear. <laughs> you saying this to me and I'm like, yeah, this makes so much sense now. So, so when you're when inside of the cell, this hydrogen chloride, when mm -hmm. the when the hydrogen is too much hydrogen, right? And not, mm -hmm. not enough to balance that that formula, right? Well, it's not it's too much. Is that 
that you know is being stimulated. Oh, know, it's being stimulated by bad diet or you know some sometimes it is just make too much. But the proton pump inhibitors help prevent that pump from from produce. You know, it helps reduce the acid. Okay, it helps reduce the acid. Okay, so so let's so let's let's talk about some 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 causes and and you did mention some causes, but I want to um, really talk about them specifically um, mm-hmm. causes so people can understand what they're eating, what they're drinking, and you know be better stewards of their health, um, and, and including me. It, you know, it's, I just well, we all, up that coffee. We all are struggling in that fight. But the biggest problem is, you know, you, you, you don't want to eat late at night because mm-hmm. um, if you eat late at night, you need to sit up for at least two to three hours. Because, mm. you know, when you lay flat, then gravity, you know, that acid will just sit there. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to you wanna try to um, avoid citrus products. I mean... It, most people know what sets their reflux off. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. things that bother you may not bother somebody else. Mm-hmm. But typically, like citrus products, like, like I mentioned, uh, anything that has caffeine, chocolates, um, all they can do it. Peppermints, you know, the little church candy can also cause um, uh, reflux. Yeah. What is peppermint? Do you know what peppermint does? The cause of the it, reflux just it's part of that whole leaky door thing it uh, just it just causes a little um uh the sphincter to relax a little bit so yeah uh-huh. the, the, the 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 um the peppermint candy and mm-hmm. and you know one of my big triggers is i was telling you about the mexican food is mm-hmm. the corn so corn because you know like you were talking about foods and diets in america a lot um, a foods have corn in it, right? People don't even know it. And corn just, my my body's like, let that corn. I'll tell my daughter, like Cheetos, those type of things, and Fritos, and I, I can't eat those. Now, I'll eat the Mexican chips, but again, it drives my husband and my daughter crazy because they love Mexican, right? That's, they have the same palate. They love Mexican, but they know if they ask me to go to a Mexican restaurant, it's got to be in the middle of the day, Probably on the weekend, I'm probably gonna stay up longer. It's so many variables that they don't even ask me because it's like, or, or I found one or two that has salmon, right? So if mm-hmm. I go to Mexican restaurant, I'm eating salmon. So that's that's no. I like one particular Mexican restaurant because they have salmon, and I normally eat the salmon and not wow. the Mexican foods because I don't want to try to have these triggers to happen, you know, to me. And you know, they're all. Was that now? A lot of that's related to spices too. A uh, lot of spices may set some of that off. But clearly, you know, fried foods, greasy mm-hmm. things that require a lot of your stomach to digest probably produce more acid, which increases your risk of. Okay, I like that you right there, right there, Doctor Burst. You said things or foods this is what we're talking about, or or or, or beverages that mm-hmm. requires more acid to break down, right? Mm-hmm. And so, since you are the the doctor of the stomach, if you will. Because you need these, these you need some acids to break down your food. Or they always say also to, to digest some, some medications too, right? You need acid, right. you need some acid, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the overproductions of it. And so sometimes foods, because, yeah, it's not made, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, uh, what am I, synthetic, synthetic foods, right? That they're made in the, genetically made in the lab, right? 
they're not, they don't come up from the ground and those things. So then our body's like, what's this? And even over time of evolution, right? Because way back, we didn't eat like this, right? So even over the time of evolution, our body is still trying to adapt by saying, oh, how do I break this down and giving more um, acid to break down? Well, you know, clearly, I think we know that processed meats uh, increase our risk of like colon cancer. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know. You said I, processed foods. Mm-hmm. I uh-huh. know like bologna, salami, things like that. I, um, I also see uh, prisoners. There's a high, there's a lot of colon cancer in the prisons. And I think a lot of it has to do with the ingestion of processed meats. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you see prisoners and you and you notice that they're they have a higher rate of colon cancer and because of the processed foods, right? That's not natural that we shouldn't be eating, but they that they push down our throat with all these commercials and, and, and those things, right? Okay, so we 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 don't get into the nutrition of it all, but I'm just throwing in a little extra piece. So so these foods, these medic, these foods that we eat causes the ask. And so I, I also read that medications also can can trigger this acid reflux correct mm-hmm. correct like antihistamines well you know they i mean you know if you live long enough something is going to affect something. i know dr burst but dr burst <laughs> see this whole antihistamine thing because mm-hmm. i have been suffering from allergies since i was like since they used not to hold my nose and throw the red pill down my throat because i couldn't swallow and what i know now that was an antihistamine right so but I was reading this and I'm like, oh, I never heard of this. Let me let me ask Dr. Burst. But but Dr. Burst, so, so, so do you know that to be true? Well, I you know, I haven't seen a lot of patients who've had problems with antihistamines and reflux, but if you look in uh if you read the uh, like the physician's desk reference, which is basically for the different medications, mm-hmm. oh there there's so many side effects that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if- If antihistamine is one of the medications. So do you know of any medications that you know that triggers acid reflux? Well, you know, it's more so the, um, not so much that trigger the reflux itself, Mm -hmm. the whole system of the, um, you know, things that can loosen that door a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I I mean, there's none that I would say right on hand that definitely themselves can cause Mm -hmm. that I can think of right now, but. Yeah, understood. No, 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 understood. No, 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 that's fair. Oh, cause, cause just so you know, I I never tell the doctors the questions I'm gonna ask cause I want the show to Mm -hmm. be authentic. And they're they're all so smart that they tend to know all the answers. But you know, like I like I said, I had one of the doctors always say, "Don't ask me how to spell that word because I don't know. I, I don't know." <laughs> there you go, ask me how to spell a word, and that's really for my enunciation, so I'm able to articulate, you know, mm-hmm. the proper enunciation of something, so I can empower someone else to 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 do the same. So. We've talked about the the, the causes, right? Where and the symptoms and what it is, and so prevention. Mm-hmm. Just eat right. <laughs> that's is, a blanket. Uh, that's a blanket statement. Like, to, what do you mean? Try to uh, increase your water intake. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like we mentioned those other things to try to avoid, but you really want to just try to exercise, Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you don't eat late at night. If you do sit up at least for two to three hours, Mm -hmm. have symptoms of reflux and it's bad at night, then you should sit, you should lay on at least a wedge pillow Mm -hmm. and try to keep your your torso lifted to about 45 degrees. So mm-hmm. you kind of let gravity help you out with the reflux. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, diet, weight loss, exercise, all of those, mm-hmm. those help. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the people who, you know, those don't work and the medicines don't work, then there's surgery. Mm-hmm. We try to avoid surgery if, if we can. So what do you do in... Well, well, I'm going to ask you about the surgery. But first, I want to ask you about, you said, and one of the things that you said for maintenance, you said water intake, right? And I often talk about water um, on, on the show because, you know, I always say, as you guys say, the solution to pollution is dilution, right? Mm-hmm. So in, in this case of acid reflux, that's what the water does also. Yeah. It helps uh, to dilute the, mm-hmm. helps to dilute the acid. So because mm-hmm. I recently had a friend that said that she was watching a, social media something and and they said that um the water america's pushing water on us because um they want us to buy these water bottles and buy these waters and all these things and that we don't need that water in our body i said listen listen no that's rhetoric the solution to pollution is dilution that's what i said i said so Mm -hmm. please don't let anyone tell you that you don't need they're trying to kill you you need to drink some water for lots and lots and lots of reasons and you don't have to buy these correct Correct. But water definitely helps with your kidney system. Mm-hmm. It helps with your bowels, especially mm-hmm. people who suffer from constipation. Mm-hmm. Increased water intake will help help move your bowels as well. Mm-hmm. That that's that, that, that's that's absolutely. We don't, so we're going to talk about that when we're doing our uh, colonoscopy uh, uh, show, uh, Doctor Verse, um, mm-hmm. about about all those things. So so I was I, I also read Doctor Verse that. Um, one of the causes of acid reflux could be a, a higher hernia, correct? Yeah, well, high hernias don't necessarily cause reflux, but they can aggravate it. It can, be, it can aggravate it. Right. And, and so... The high hernia basically is where the, the, the esophagus, um, you know, comes down through your chest, through your diaphragm. Mm-hmm. There's an opening for the esophagus. Well, sometimes... The, stump, the top of the stomach can kind of poke through that that opening and mm-hmm. and cause a hyal hernia. What can, what type of what type of stomach? What you said? What copulus? What was it? <laughs> no, the the diaphragm. There's an opening. Right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. It goes through the uh-huh. top of your stomach. Mm-hmm. That to your esophagus can sometimes poke up through that opening. And oh, and that's what they call the hernia because hernia. it's like the fatty tissues that. Right. Uh, okay, 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 and that's it. Calls it higher because it's at the top of the stomach. Right. Okay. Well, so hiatus, so new. Because of the hiatus, the the as a hiatus, so it comes through there, so it herniates through the hiatus, so it's hiatal hernia. Oh, oh, that's what the area is called, the hiatus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which part is called the hi- hiatus? The the, the, the the opening in your diaphragm. Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. Your esophagus is to go down through. Okay, okay, understood. And so so that hernia can sometimes can be a blockage? 
Well, no, it's it's just it just kind of pokes up in your chest mm-hmm. and cause like added pressure to the sphincter, so it makes it harder for it, for it to, to close. Close open, open and close. Then in that case, so it can add. Well, not necessarily close, but it can kind of push more things through it. And push more things through it. Reflux symptoms. Uh huh. And so when they, so we know that we do the colonoscopy to look through the rectum, right area at the right. at the um. What do we do? How do we? How do you go in and look for that and see if you have this high hernia? We do what's called the upper endoscopy or mm-hmm. PPD or scope. People talk about the light getting passed down, so we take a tube. It's probably about the size of your pinky. Mm-hmm. A camera and a light on the end. Mm-hmm. You just like the colonoscopy, we give sedation. Mm-hmm. Go down through the mouth and look at the esophagus the stomach, and the first part of the small intestine. Usually mm-hmm. takes only about five or six minutes. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to see if the uh, reflux has caused any damage to your esophagus, mm-hmm. like I mentioned before, mm-hmm. if it's causing any narrowing or stricture, narrowing of the esophagus, mm-hmm. just from chronic inflammation, mm-hmm. or if you have a hiatal hernia or ulcers, or your stomach is inflamed like gastritis, mm-hmm if you have any ulcers in the first part of your small intestine. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Burris, you said, Dr. Burris, you, you know, I hate to keep you on my show, but I'm talking about and keep bringing you back. But when you talked about the stomach and um, the gastritis and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that's a whole nother topic of this gastritis, right? right? And with mm-hmm. infl- the inflammation, right? Can that gastritis cause um, this acid reflux also or no? No, they're separate. So okay, they're separate. Okay, gastritis is just basically inflammation of the stomach. So mm-hmm. that can be due to a bacterial infection called H. pylori. Medications mm-hmm. like aspirin and Motrin can cause irritation. Stress can cause irritation. Mm-hmm. And but we use the same antacid medicines to treat that as well. Mm-hmm. To settle, to settle, to settle, to settle that uh, your stomach. Um, area down and then so you said that you guys do the or 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 they sometimes say upper GI right no yeah yeah they say upper Uh GI but usually when a gas when a gastroenterologist says upper GI we're talking about the uh x-ray test okay we drink the the barium Uh uh esophagus that can still show reflux and some damage too it's it's not as good as the the uh, EGD or upper endoscopy because upper endoscopy. And, and so, can, how do you determine like what percentage of your patients come in after actually? How many do you do a lot of those tests? Um, well, quite a few. Quite a few. So, how do you? How does a patient know if they? I mean, I know the doctor should tell them, right? But okay, don't be on his self-diagnosis and go to the doctor, y'all. Yeah, okay. So, how would, how does a patient know that? You know, I know my partner with the doctor going to the doctor, but if they're going to a doctor, they're not going to you. They're they're going to another gastro, right? And how do they? What 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 symptoms are they are having that may warrant that test, or should they be requesting that test? Right. Well, patients who have refractory symptoms, meaning they've been on uh, you know antacid medicines for some time, maybe six months, three to six months, and they're not getting better, mm-hmm. those patients, patients who have, uh, you know, troubles, difficulty swallowing, mm-hmm. they've 
developed some weight loss along with everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. um, though all those patients should have an endoscopy. Patients mm -hmm. who had long-standing reflux for years, you know, four or five years, should probably have one exam just to make sure that they have don't have any of those changes that I mentioned before, like Barrett's esophagus. Mm -hmm. But typically. If, if they come to me, they're probably tried everything. So mm -hmm. probably the next step would be to take a look. To just, to just, so you can, so as I would say, so you can have a baseline of this is, or this isn't, is to just take mm -hmm. a look and see. And then you said that you're sedated for that also, right? right? Okay. So you're sedated for that. And mm -hmm. they're just going to check and look around the same way they they do the colonoscopy and mm -hmm. Kind of so you can get a baseline of where you are. This one only takes about five minutes. Mm -hmm. and, um, when you is that done in office or do you have to go to the surgery center to, to do that? Well, we have our own endoscopy center right next. Well, it's part of the Your practice. different offices, but they're, mm -hmm. they're joined. You can walk from one to the other. So they're mm -hmm. right there together. Mm -hmm. So is the colonoscopy done there also? Mm -hmm. Okay, so both are, so both of them. So so for the for the naked eye of us commoners, we would say that's the surgery center. No, right. yes. Okay, yes. okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so to be surgery center. So it's mm -hmm. it's it's right next door to you uh, right. and where you are. Okay, okay, great. So anesthesiologist and another Morehouse man. Mm -hmm. uh, that works with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and we uh, you know, and like I said, it's just five minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay. 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 I understand. Okay. I understand. And so, um, Dr. Burr, so with, with, with acid reflux, what do you want us to, um, remember most about acid reflux and management and control? Diet, 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 most, diet, most of the time, those symptoms will improve. And then you get mentioned your girlfriend with the belching, mm -hmm. um, she probably needs to see somebody that can be a symptom of reflux, but typically belching is more related to swallowing a lot. Like you, you're swallowing a lot of air. So mm -hmm. people, either they eat too fast mm -hmm. or they, um, they eat chew a lot of gum, you know, mm -hmm. things that make you swallow a lot. They chew a lot of gum or use a lot of um, like candy. And they're constantly sucking on candy, things like ah, that. Ah, and, and that's what she does. She's a candy eater. Carbonated beverages, those uh -huh. are you develop. But I mean, reflux can do it. Uh -huh. If you try it in acid medicines and it's not improving, then more than likely it may be related to something else. Ah, ah, and 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 you said it with with um the putting the air, the air in there, like yeah. Um Oh yeah, so see, see, I learned something new. See, see, I didn't know that. So I learned something new about the, um, about the air going in and in the belching, uh, uh, burping problem, um, as we we called it, that that causes this to happen in the excess air going in. And you said something that most people don't think about in the chewing the gum, right? When mm -hmm. you chew gum, how much air goes into? Right, you swallow. Um, you know, you're swallowing that saliva that you're making all the time you choose. So you add more air into your stomach. Now, does that add more acid too? Well, it stimulates- Self-diagnosis, self-diagnosis. No, I'm just kidding. It, it stimulates acid because you're faking your stomach out. You're making it, it's about to eat something and nothing comes down. 
You can't do, let me tell you what you can't do. Nothing. You can't, no, that's what people are gonna say. That's what they say to me. You, if you listen to your show, you'll be like, you can't do anything. And so I, I often don't tell people to not do, I say, do things in moderation. That's what I say. Do things in moderation, right? Because we're all human and we're right. gonna do bad things. But right. when you do bad things, like, you know, but drink some water to, to, to dilute some of these bad things that you're doing. Don't just do bad things, bad things, bad things, and hope that you're going to be okay. You're going to have to do something to dilute, you know, these bad things that you're doing. You know, whomever, whenever I'm talking to somebody, depending on the population, I have to uh, adhere to uh, how they're, how I'm going to reach their population. So yesterday, on um, Saturday, I was at a, a record store day. And so it was a lot of hip hop uh, people there. And of course, I spoke and tell them about the podcast and tell them about what, what I do. And they necessarily didn't want to hear that because it's like, well, you're going to be my help. We in here with the hip hop and we got drinks. And, we, and I said, I drink, right? And I said, but you do things in moderation. And if you're going to do bad things, I'm not, I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm just saying, be conscious that you're doing it, right? Do it in moderation and make sure that you're drinking water because if you don't do these things in the long term, you may not be here to, to, to listen right. to the music, right? So I love music, but you have to be able to, be conscious of the things that you're doing and be aware, right? And educate yourself. I say often that's why I do the podcast is so we can educate. And even, even me, um, I don't know these things and I'm asking you, I'm learning about these things for myself also. And that my, my husband and daughter probably be like, oh Lord, she didn't learn something else. This has to be fun. Because I am really about managing, if I can manage something, right? And not take a, a medication, that's what I'm gonna do. I'll take a medication, but if I can manage something and I've, I've learned how to manage my acid reflux. So if I've learned how to manage my acid reflux, y'all ain't gonna kill me by telling me to uh, come on, let's go get some Mexican food, you know, and I can't eat this Mexican food right now. But I also that, you know, I put water in my, I put lemon juice in my water. I'm a, I'm a big lemon juice person because it moves my, helps move my mucus because I have these severe allergies, right? And so I know that the, the downside is, is that it's citric, right? And so because I do that, I just try, I don't have a lot of it in my water, but I make sure that I'm getting the water down so I can dilute that also. So all of those things we have to be conscious of, right? Correct, Dr. Burst? Yes. So what are our takeaways? And again, when do we go to the doctor? Um, the biggest thing is you want to mention diet, exercise, eating right, all those all, all help. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. If you got symptoms that are more than like three episodes a week mm -hmm. consistently, you know, every now and then you may have a bad week, but mm -hmm. consistently having two weeks of bad symptoms, mm -hmm. you should you should see your um, your primary care physician, mm -hmm. and, uh, or you can come see us. But I'll come see you. So so how many how many so how many doctors are in the practice with you? Um, Dr. Burst? Uh, just me and my partner, Gary. Okay. And you're in the Atlanta area. Right, right at Emory Midtown. Emory Mill. Because people listen to the podcast all over the world. So we're in the Atlanta, United States of America area, right? And mm -hmm. if you're in that area and you need a because look, hey Dr. Burst, so I supposed to go get my uh consult for my uh, colonoscopy. And this is me. Now I hate I made this appointment because I should have just went to Dr. Burst right. This, this, I literally was thinking right. as long as you get it, that's all that matters. Correct. No, no, I I I to, and I and I totally agree. But you want to go to people that you trust, right? And you you also want to go to people that you're able to ask them questions. They're not intimidated by your line of questionings. And and, th and those are the doctors that I tried to have on my show that you are able to ask them questions. And Dr. Burst, um, 
you know, thank you for coming on to help us to understand. And um, as we talked about it before, you know, we we were talking, he's like, listen, this colonoscopy thing, we, you know, we got to talk about it. Yes, Dr. Burst, because I am 54 and I promise you, I have so many friends who tell me that they have not gotten a colonoscopy, right? In which they move the guidelines to 45, right? Correct. Exactly. So this is why we're going to be talking about that next. What's that now? It's not only their fault. Sometimes physicians aren't as educated as they should be mm-hmm. on training exams. Yeah. So I tell people, look, it's never too late. And, you know, the biggest thing they worry about is taking that prep. But, you know, it's. Well, the prep has gotten better over the years, right? Right, right. So you don't, you don't have to do. I know when my husband has it, had his, I said, "You sure that's all you gotta do?" And he said, "No." They said they've changed it over the years. That right. you don't yeah. have to do as much. That, that huge drug you have to drink. But yeah. Now with some small ones. Yeah. Science. It's just, and the procedure itself is fifteen minutes of inconvenience for a lifetime of health. That's right. And it's listen, and it's and it's good sleep. I always tell people you take some propofol like Michael Jackson to get some good sleep. Of course, he just abused it. But but you know, seriously, my and, and we'll talk about it on the next show, but my my play mom, my best friend's mom, um, just the day before my birthday, died of colon cancer. And because she had um had a polyp that was removed, and then she had another one that they wanted to watch. And so she was supposed to go back in three years, right? Um, she didn't go back in the three years. And then, of course, we went into COVID, right? And now she starts to having stomach problems. And so then when she goes back, she has colon cancer. And and she wasn't able to get any um, treatment because she was too weak to, because she got yeah. nauseous, she was throwing up. So she wasn't, and so it happened really fast. It was like October, that they diagnosed her having colon cancer and she passed in February. So it was, when things when things of that nature ha- happen, it, it's always a bit personal for me because this is what I do. But I it, and I was just so angry because it was preventable. You know what I mean? Like so, I, you know. And so it, it angers me because it is preventable. And and her husband had prostate cancer, so she was taking care of her husband, and he's still alive, and she's gone. You know, you know what I mean? So I just say, as women, we we tend to take care of everybody else and not ourselves. And so she got lost in the shuffle of when do I go back? I don't go back. And she's taking care of him and his prostate cancer. And again, he, he, you know, they, they almost about to eradicate prostate cancer. You know what I mean? So, and, and so now he's still here and now she's no longer with us. And so it's very sad to me, but I, but I often use her story to say that, Hey, listen, you gotta, this is preventable. And I, and I told them that on Saturday, I said, Hey, listen, you gotta get your colonoscopy because if they, this is a preventable cancer and we have the screenings to prevent. Right. So I can't wait to um, bring you back on to, um, to talk about that, Dr. Burst, I enjoyed being with you. Thank you for, uh, and, you know, thank your wife and thank you for um, even coming on the show to help to educate us, right? Because I say that this is for Afro descendants and we have to have somebody on our, that's looking out for us, right? I uh, People often say, I'm so happy that you do public health that we don't really have um, Black people that do public health, but we do, but they're, they don't do it on the side that I do it 
they work at the CDC. They're, they're paper pushers. They're administrators. That's mm-hmm. not who I am. I'm with the core of the people. I got to get out here with you to see what your needs are so I can help you address the needs. And there are a lot of me out here, but I'm, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for the partnership with you and other doctors, then I could not get this information out to everyone. So just thank you for being on. I look forward to the next show. You know, now Dr. Burge, you know you'll be back Wednesday, but we know you stay Okay, okay, I'm just making sure. <laughs> you get, get your mind right, same time, same best station. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Burge. So you see, I see how I did, see I did, this was good on your time. See, it's just been our time. I, I got you on and got you off. So thank you um, so much for coming on and um, I'll let you know um, when it's released so you can watch. And so a lot of doctors will say, hey, if you want this broken down, go listen to the podcast. And so they don't have to do it so much in the mm-hmm. office because I know you have to see a lot of patients. So hopefully this is broken down enough so people can understand, know when to go to the doctor, you know, know when to say, hey, I need to do this. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping that someone has got gotten something out of this show. So thank you so very much, Dr. Burson. Tell, tell us one more time your phone number to the practice. It's 404-881-8800. My birthday is February 8th, so I love eight. So I, oh, I'm okay. going to remember your number because it's got all those eights in there. And I know, no worries. One thing got nothing to do with the other. Thank you, Dr. Burst. All right. Take care. <laughs> okay, take care. You have a good evening. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. So... Acid reflux, the plain truth. Dr. Burst just gave us the truth. Let me go to my um, let me go to my uh my um my song or my feature song for um today or my soul note uh for today uh show. My my producer, she she I'm gonna have to fire her because she had to go to work and she didn't she didn't get all my stuff together. Maybe she did, and I'm gonna tell her that I talk about it on the show, but um, my 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 uh, song today for um for today is none other than um, PJ Morton. Um, PJ Morton. I think this is my first time featuring PJ Morton on my um on my on my show. But PJ Morton is an independent artist. And he is out of New Orleans. I think you may know his pastor is uh, Dr. Paul Martin. And PJ does a neo-soul R&B. And he has a new album that's due to come out, I think, at the end of this month called Watch the Sun. He's one of my favorite, other than Eric Robeson, he's my second favorite artist, (laughs) other than Eric Robeson. But I love PJ Morton. So PJ Morton has a new project coming out. And one of the songs on the album is called My Peace. And I love the song because as we were talking about with the doctor about stresses and all of those things causing your acid reflux, this particular song is talking about don't mess up my peace, don't ruin my peace. And so it's one of my favorite songs thus far that has been released until the full album uh, comes out. Um, PJ Morton is on social media at um, P as in Paul, J as in Jacob, uh, Morton, M-O-R-T-O-N. Let him know that you heard about him on the Rhythm Notes of Health podcast. And when his new project comes out, make sure you're supporting independent artists and their projects that they're doing because they don't have the mainstream um, 
um, music entities to get their music out there. And so hence is why I feature them on him because my 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 love for for music. So check him out and um, check his social media out and let him know that I sent you over the rhythm notes of help. So listen, I know it's been a long time since we've been together and um, you're like, where's 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 this lady with this podcast? Where's the Rhythm Notes of Health podcast? Um, so we're back for season two. Um, I'm excited, but some things does not change as is. Um, we're still talking to doctors who take holistic approaches and um, try to help educate you um, about your health so that you can partner with them to have a a better health. So I'm excited about this. Um, Dr. Burson, he'll be back and we'll talk about colonoscopies and when you should have them and those things. But today we were talking about acid reflux. And acid reflux, as he told us, is very common. Um, most people have an episode or two, but if you have three or, more, three or more episodes a week, then it's time to go see uh, the doctor. Your race and where you live should not determine whether you live. That's why I do the Rhythm Notes of Health podcast for underserved populations who may not normally get this information. Um, we repeat what we don't repair. That has not changed. That will not change. We repeat what we don't repair, right? And when life moves fast and your mind does too, remember to breathe. It would help get get you through. And that's for me too, with all the stressors that I have going on and life challenges. Um, just remember to breathe, take five deep breaths, five times a day, and um, hopefully they'll get you, get you through. Um, until next time, I am Kai Ayanta with the Rhythm Notes of Health. Um, I'm the soul of public health, and I will see you soon.